Hello, and welcome to the Yes Chef Podcast. I'm Steven Savino, and this is where I interview chefs, restaurant owners, and culinary social media accounts. And today we have a very special guest who's known heavily on Instagram for his high-energy personality and his amazing cooking videos. It's my pleasure to welcome Mr. Mister Frankie Time himself. Frankie, how are you, sir? Savino, what a great intro. At least you nailed all the good parts of it. Oh, of course, of course. You might have missed the one, the most important part, known for being extremely good-looking. Extremely. Oh, the mustache, man. Nobody could top that. I'm trying to get my own right now. I'm trying to get my own quarantine stash, but I can't top yours. Yeah, the mustache, the mustache was something that wasn't an easy decision to make. It's not exactly easy to have. It gets in the way. It makes you look like a, makes you look like a villain on a train robbery, but I've been able to successfully pull it off, so pretty happy about that. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Um, so we'll get started with some questions right off the bat here. Um, now, I was really wondering when I first watched your videos, my, uh, my cousin Dominic actually uh, sent, you some of, sent me some of your uh, videos on Instagram, and I started watching them. I was like, oh, wow, this guy's pretty cool. He's got some cool recipes here, and he's funny doing it as well. So uh, I just want to say, how did you get your start in the kitchen? Like, how did you get started doing all these videos? Two different questions, and I'll, I'll take them with the beginning. Um, I always like making videos. You know, before cell phones became, you know, a tool where you can make professional-level videos and, like, at the click of a finger, you have to buy actual camcorders. When we grew up, we used to make our own videos. So I always had a passion for the art of filmmaking. Um, and then I, I'm a fat boy. You know, I grew up, my mom's from Italy. My dad's from Poland, but he thinks he's from Italy. So we grew up going out. To, we grew up. We grew up eating every time we had a second. Every Sunday, people came over, and me, I stayed right next to my mother while she cooked, and I ate everything firsthand. So, it That's uh, the best way. <laughs> it's where I got my culture from. And culture and weight problem is the same exact thing. There's no such thing as a fat person that's not cultured. There's plenty of culture. Absolutely, I no, I agree, man. I mean, a lot of chefs you see are like that as well. So, <laughs> to life. But then, um, you know, social media itself. I don't know when, I couldn't give you the exact date, but figure about seven, eight years ago, you know, when it really started getting to the pack where anybody could be a professional photographer and a professional videographer, I figured I'm a little bit more interesting than everybody, so just be myself, have fun doing it, and post. And I was very successful in doing that, and, you know, a lot of people always ask me, you know, how do you build a big social media following? And the easiest way to answer that is one person at a time. And so from zero to the first thousand followers was very hard. From a thousand to ten thousand was extremely difficult. From ten to thirty was extremely difficult. And then going forward, it just got a little bit easier every day. There's just more people watching it, more people you have access to once you get a lot of followers. So, absolutely. I mean, this is a perfect example. My cousin sending me that video saying, "Steven, you should look at this." And I, I looked at it and I sent it to a, a bunch of my group chats. I was like, "Guys, you got to check this guy out. It's pretty cool." And, just like that, you got 50, 60 followers off the bat. I like that, Savino, my man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that brings me to the second question now. Like, what influences the dishes you make today on your social media account? Because I see a very broad um, creations that you do here. I wish I was a little bit broader. I wish I was a little bit more behind it. You know, really everything hovers around the old school Italian, start off with olive oil and big garlic. And uh, every sauce can be made starting with those two things right there. But um, I think I get all my inspiration to what I want to eat. You know, I'm really, I'm a fat boy by nature. I know I look incredible, but, you know, <laughs> the, my, the inner Frankie times, three, 400 pounds and, you know, diabetic. 
the Frankie time we see is Jack looks chiseled from stone like Leonardo or Michelangelo made. Oh, yeah. All part of the oh, same yeah. program. <laughs> but seriously, when, you know, I, I, uh, I live in Red Bank. I live, uh, I have an apartment, sick apartment in Red Bank, and I have a roommate, good kid. And uh, I don't like cleaning. And since quarantine started, that's just something I don't want to do. It's, it's too menial for Frankie time. So I said, yo, his name's Gil. I said, Gil, I'm not going to do any cleaning. And he goes, well, I can't cook. So I said, well, there you go. I'll cook, you clean. So it's like being married to some extent where, you know, we have both the masculine and feminine relationship. Of course, I'm the masculine. And I get to cook every night. So being able to cook for somebody makes it a little interesting because you always get that, you know, affirmative from them. How did it come out? What did you think? And to make them happy is every chef's dream. I don't think anybody jumps into the kitchen as a chef not to please people. So to be able to get it firsthand is definitely a huge part of it. Um, Absolutely. And then I try, to, I try to get all the, all the decadence I can't get going out. I try to get that at home. And, you know, being able to, to know food, which I do, being able to have an experienced palate from going out to every restaurant I could possibly think of every night for the past five years, you know, I've developed a certain palate that I like to, I like to always try to attract. So that's, that's kind awesome. of where I do. I, I think of little places I went, how did they do it? How could I make it better? You know, I've, I've had rigid... Awesome. I've had a bolognese just about every Italian restaurant in New York and New Jersey at this point. And I always said, how am I going to make a better bolognese? And that's what we right. do every day. We strive well, to be a little bit better. What can you put a twist on it? Little twist. My little twist for twist. bolognese is I get a little mascarpone cheese and I whip it into the, um, to the sauce right at the end. It'll oh, thicken nice. it. It'll give oh, it a yeah. silky, creamy aftertaste. It's very rich. But that's my Absolutely. little bolognese secret. Hey, that's a great secret to have, I'll tell you that. I mean, just for an example, like um, you said, your roommate cleans. So um, I recently got back from an internship in Disney World where I was uh, I was cooking there, and they sent me home because of the whole quarantine. But um, so the way the housing works there is you have a bunch of roommates, and they can be from wherever in the world, right? And I actually got lucky, and I had three roommates that were straight from Italy and also had a roommate from China. Now, the guys from Italy would come back to the room every night, after a long shift working in the parks, all this stuff with nice bottles of wines and, and liquor. And I mean, they're drinking, they're drinking their ass off. Right. And they're making a mess, cooking some bread. You got the mozzarella in the fridge, like all this different stuff they got going on. The Chinese guy comes walking in and at 2 3 a.m. Cause like, I guess he's on a different time schedule. He starts. Up. And I think that's part of the deal that they made as well. Like they cook and he kind of cleans up a little bit and then he makes his, um, creation at three and o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, which is pretty, uh, pretty ridiculous. But I mean, Stella, it, it works. It works. Love that symbiotic. You need that, man. You've got to be. Everyone's got to have a role. It makes it a lot easier. Absolutely. I mean, when everyone's would... fighting with each other, just cleaning this, cleaning that, doesn't turn out good. <laughs> well, let's keep Gil cleaning, and everyone's going to be happy over here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Gil's doing a great job. I'll tell you that. Because every time I watch your videos. The kitchen is fucking pristine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also a little movie magic, you know. Let's see what's in the shot. Just put everything in the other part, you know. Of course, of course. <laughs> now, this is a uh, a really big question I wanted to ask you here. Now, how would your close friends slash family describe you? I mean, is the high-energy Frankie, the great-looking Frankie, like to say, that we uh, see on Mr. Frankie Time, which is your uh, Instagram account, um, or would they describe another hidden personality that you have? Anybody who really knows me know that I'm very generous. I have a huge heart. And really, anything that motivates me is love. 
even making money. It never, you know, everyone wants to make money. Thank God I do very well for myself. But the only reason that is because I don't chase money. I chase the passion, the love, and to help people. So I think my closest friends and family would always say that Frank's one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, and I'll do anything for the people I love. Um, I personally will 100% sign with my blood that I'm just as high energy as I am on Instagram, if not way crazier in person. You know, Frankie time, Frankie time with a video, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty authentic. It's, it's really me pulling out a video and doing what I do. But if that camera wasn't being pulled out of my pocket and somebody was filming me, way crazier, way more entertaining, really? way cooler. Oh, yeah. Please. Wow. I, I could have fun going to Burger King. I mean, it'd be the greatest time ever. <laughs> you know, you should look into that, man. Like, I don't know if you have a YouTube channel or not, but. If you get a YouTube channel, it'll be like, I visited Burger King and I did this. Like, something crazy. Like, be Frankie. Frankie Madrone visits Burger King and, and he wants that and he does a review on this, you know? I mean, that that's a whole other huge yeah, I like industry it. as well. For the past, literally, I mean, I'm 34 years old. Since I've been, maybe the past six years, since I was 27 and I was making enough money where I wasn't worried anymore, um, I spend everything going out and entertaining myself. And giving, you know, meeting people, going out to restaurants. And it's actually the best thing you could do if you're in sales because you need to meet people. And that's the best place to meet people. But that's basically what I've been doing. You know, before someone started monetizing off of, uh, you know, basically amping up restaurants, amping up to-go places and, and, and giving exposure back, I've been doing it for free my whole life. But I love that. You know, if I go to a restaurant and, you know, I have an amazing meal, I try to find if, if I was the owner, how could I make this place better? And I always make it uh, a point to introduce myself to the, whoever owns the restaurant manager or maitre d' and get to know them on a personal basis and give them my insight. And the truth right. of the matter is, that's everything. You know, to be able to lend something that maybe they're missing, give them an idea that is a little out of the box but might work for them, that's how things are invented. And that's really a big part of my Instagram. It's, it's to the point where... Not just New Jersey and New York and Florida, which I spend most of my time, but if I go out to Arizona, South Carolina, I was in Tennessee, I always get at least two people on every trip I go to stop and say, Frankie time, Frankie Bollier's, Frankie Fiber, Frankie Fradiablo, Frankie Baba, Frankie Barcelona, Frankie, how you doing? It, it's nice. It, it feels really good. That is, that is, I'll tell you what, that is awesome to have when you're walking on the streets and people say that. I mean, there's a lot of uh, – my brother does a podcast as well, and some of the people he interviews, he did a lot of networking as well with baseball. So he interviews minor league players, and he's reaching out to them, and he's going to interview them as well. So, I mean, it's bigger than just culinary or, or baseball. Like, when people get to know each other, you walk around, and you feel great too, you know? I mean, when you said going to a restaurant and, and giving your insight to something um, – it's whether they take it or not, you know, I mean, as long as you feel like you're doing something good and you're giving them some insight, like you said, you did your part, right? I mean, you're doing, you're giving back to the community or you're saying, Oh, I, I think uh, maybe you should do that. Or maybe you should do this. It's just a great thing. And more people should end up doing that. A thousand percent. But I think that's where everything's trending. And especially now where people have a lot more time on their hands and people are looking for some sort of entertainment. They're just not getting the, fill of entertainment they've been getting over the past years. Um, 
I think that's where everything's migrating towards people, you know, binding up in like minds, binding up with like uh, goals and aspirations and creating things like that. Like your podcast is great. It's a great idea. This is what people want to hear, especially if you're in the culinary world or, you know, I, I don't think I really hit on all the culinary capitals. I can cook, but I'm definitely not one of the best chefs out there. I just know how to make food taste good because I know how I would want to eat it. But right, when absolutely. it comes to when it comes and to people taking, like that as well. When it comes to taking a recipe and cooking it, that's one thing. To be able to cook it on camera and be entertaining, that's very very hard. You know, one of my best friends, follow him on Instagram. His name's Angelo Mendola. Angelo is obsessed with food. Angelo's the guy who he goes to Lavodi's in Middletown on 35, and he goes right to the fish department, and they got a special order of sea urchin that just came in for him. You know, wow. he gets he gets everything that he gets all this stuff that it's hard to get, and he has so much fun doing it. He can cook. If you go to Angelo's house, he'll blow your mind with his food. Now, Angelo, if you're listening to this, I'm definitely better at making a video of me cooking. <laughs> so, you know, and for all life, I and, and better looking. <laughs> that that just is what it is. So just you know, but it, it's it's pretty awesome that you know th- there's so many chefs out there that are so talented. Um, but the ability to actually be entertaining during your cooking process, I think that's what really sets me apart. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's great to have. It's a great skill to have. Absolutely. Um, now, one of, the, one of the last two questions I have for you here is, what advice would you give to younger kids? I mean, not necessarily me, but, I mean, maybe, uh, say, 14, 15, 16, that want to get a, like want to build a big social media platform for themselves, right? Like, not necessarily do culinary or, or videos like you do, but do something crazy, you know, to, to entertain people. Great question, bro. And I think that's what everyone wants. You know, like if, if you join a career, you want to be the best at it. Um, social media is funny because there's a metric that we all use to see how good someone is. And it's how many likes, how many follows, and how many you know, interactions you get on your actual social media platform. It's really not fair because, you know, you, you pull up any celebrity, right? And they could have the worst content in the absolute world. But because they're a celebrity, they got 5 million followers. They're getting paid this much money a month to do advertising on the site. They post a picture of a fucking, uh, you know, an antibacterial soap washing their hands. And they get 100 right. million views. It's like, come on, bro. Like, you know, right. we're doing real things out here. So the social media game is really skewed and it's very, very unfair. So anybody trying to build it, don't get discouraged. That's your first advice. Never get discouraged as long as you believe that what you're putting out is that people want to see. Um, the biggest builder for my social media is content. I truly believe my content is incredible. And I know that because if my TV was off and there was nothing on cable, I want to watch my own social media, as, as screwed up as that sounds. But, you know, I'm putting stuff out that I would want to watch myself. So when I hear, you know, people telling me, oh, my God, I loved it and getting great feedback from people, it's just it's a good pat on the back to myself. But along with big followers and big social medias, there's a lot of hatred that's going to come around. So the second advice is as you're building it, you know, you're not going to start off going from zero to a million followers. But let's say you go to zero to 10,000. You've got 10,000 followers. I promise you, not every one of those 10,000 followers is your friend. They're there to knock you down. So just know that at all times, you're never going to make everybody happy. So when you get negative feedback, take it with a grain of salt and don't get too overwhelmed with it. 
just keep continuing the course that you started to do. Like everything else, if you were going to build a business, you're not going to start off, you know, making millions of dollars. It's going to take a long time to build it. Social media is the same exact thing. You got to branch out. You got to constantly be selling it. You like, I can't tell you the last time I went out and I didn't walk up to somebody personally and say, follow me on Instagram. If you don't go out of your way to do that, or if you're embarrassed to say that, a lot of people get embarrassed, you're never going to really build it. You got to put all your balls out and you got to go for it. So number one, you got to be able to create good content and it's got to be content that you yourself know and will put your stamp on. Number two is while you're building it, don't ever get discouraged. Just keep moving forward. And number three is probably the biggest thing that you could ever do. Find like style accounts, okay? If you're a chef, follow other chefs, connect with them, talk to them, give them feedback, send them a message. I love this. It would be cool if you did this. Hey, can I post you? You post me back. This whole thing started with follow for follow. If I follow you, you follow me. Unfortunately, when you start to get to hundreds of thousands of followers, you're only allowed to follow like 7,000 followers. Right. So you're, you're shy. At some point, you got to be connecting with big people, big accounts. Because when a big account posts you, chances are you're going to gain some of the followers from them. So mm-hmm. if you find if you find you know pages that have a lot of what you do and you think that your brand follows their brand, reach out to them, develop some sort of a relationship, however you want to work it out, and you're always going to get a big, big, big following doing that stuff. And then the last thing would be try something different. You know, uh, I mean, I, I'm guilty of this myself. I find myself stalling out. There's only so many times I can say, how you doing, Maran? It gets boring. It really does. You always got to be coming up with the next best thing. And f- unfortunately for me, I don't always come up with the best thing. There's always other people who are always going to have a leg up. That's just how the world works. But for if sure. you steady the course and you keep reinventing yourself as times change, listen, I never did cooking videos on Instagram before quarantine happened. Did I always know how to cook? Absolutely. But I went out to dinner because I like spending money and I like eating. And it's much like more life. <laughs> that's it. I'd rather drink three bottles of wine, have a nice dish of pasta out at a restaurant than to do it at my house. Unfortunately, Absolutely. times have changed and this is what we got to do. So I said, you know what? Why don't I start making cooking videos to keep my Instagram active during a quarantine? And I don't know if a cooking video is what everyone wanted to see before quarantine because it was more like, where am I going to dinner this weekend? Right. Now, right. Now, that, now that that's off the table, that's exactly what people are looking for. They're looking for a good recipe that's not too difficult that they can follow, they can make, and it's tremendous. You know, Absolutely. The one thing about it is, listen, uh, even though you know, I can make food look good just with magic, you, know, you really can. You guys aren't eating it. I'm eating it. I promise you one thing, anybody who makes one of the dishes I put up there, they're going to love it because I love it. And, and I wouldn't put it out there unless it was, you know, up to my standard. That is, that's great information, Frankie. It really is. Um, oh, so when I was scrolling through your Instagram, right, when I first got onto you, um, I saw that you did go to Italy at some point. I'm not sure how many times you've been there, but you've been in Italy. Um, and now being on a podcast with you on a phone call here, you said that you've eaten at almost, not almost every restaurant in the city, right? But tons of restaurants, Italian restaurants. Everything. So, a lot of Italian. Yeah, sure. So how would you personally compare Italy to like a very, very high-end New York City Italian restaurant that tons of people flock to? I, 
You know, it's a great question, brother. I'll give you... So I, uh, my mom's from Italy. I have a house that we grew up in. I've spent every summer in Italy growing up. I speak Italian. Um, I love Italy. A big part of my culture, my love, is because is I love Italy. And that whole culture just, it, it makes me happy. It really does. Um, when I go to Italy, and I've been, recently I've been every summer for the past four years, but uh, up until I was 20, we went every summer. So I've probably been about 18 times, something around there. So, I've, you know, I'm... Wow. No, sh no stranger to the motherland. But Absolutely. When I go to Italy, the best restaurants that I find, they're not the Del Postos in New York. They're not the Masserias. They're not the high-end restaurants. The high-end restaurants in Italy, though very good and may, may be accompanied with a Michelin star, the best restaurants that I find in Italy are the little hole-in-the-walls you stumble upon and there's an old lady rolling out pasta in the window or a young up-and-coming chef who's making very, very fresh ingredients and putting everything together, fatto a mano, made by hand. To me, those are always the best spots in Italy, and they're never the most expensive. In New York, consequently, I do believe the best restaurants in New York that I've experienced are the most expensive, unfortunately. Like, okay. I got to say, Del Posto, try to taste, taste test the pasta menu at Del Posto. You're not going to be happy the next day. You probably gain five pounds, but you're also <laughs> going to gain, you're going to have more culture out of that, that course dinner than you can get anywhere. Um, but there's, there's so many hidden gems in New York too. And I know a lot of uh, friends of mine have places in New York that are excellent. Uh, Pico La Cucina, Sicilian style. I think he's up to four or five, including the one he has in Amita. But there's great restaurants all around New York City. Uh, in, in, the United, in the coastal United States, I believe the best restaurants are in New York. And I got to say New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey, we have yeah, so many good restaurants. We we, yes. And uh, I live in Red Bank. And, you know, we're flooded with talented, talented uh, chefs, uh, restaurateurs. And I, I, I'm so blessed to be surrounded by good food at all times. Yeah, I, I'm in northern Jersey. And, I mean, the food... It's great here as well because, I mean, we, we are very close to the city. I mean, personally, myself, I'm about 30, 35 minutes into um, the city. Um, so I have also – I also see a lot of good restaurants in the city as well. And my cousin uh, actually owns a restaurant called Trattoria, Trattoria Daniela. I don't know if you've been there before. It's on, on Broadway, so it's very well known over there. And I'll try it out. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'll send you the information after this as well. But the food there, it comes out quick. It is great Italian food, and I mean, if you're looking for a quick quick place to eat before a Broadway show or in between the shows, head there. I mean, and you would not be, not be uh, you, you will be very happy by the end of the night. I tell you that. I'm obsessed with good food like that. But uh, your original question, Savino, you said, what's the difference between Italian restaurants in Italy and Italian restaurants in New York? I would say that. I've never experienced anything better than the restaurants in Italy. And it's not because of anything else, but the product that they grow in Italy and the product that they create and make, you know, a simple tomato grown in that soil versus a simple tomato grown in our soil, it's two different worlds. And the one thing that they do in Italy that we should take a little more hint on is we overcomplicate recipes over here. We add the butter, we add the garlic. We, we, we use different uh, fail-safes fail in order to, to make the dish, make sure that it's going to work so that you can push out a lot of it. 
in Italy, they take a tomato, they render it down, and they keep the tomato just the way it is, and you eat it just like And it's the best tomato you ever had. But he didn't need to add 50 other ingredients to, to make some specific, you know, version of the sauce. They, they, they really hone in on the integrity of the ingredients they use. So, you know, I have this one place in Rome. And listen, if everybody goes to Italy, they always start in Rome, right? You land Absolutely. in Rome. There's a little Piazza Campo de Fori, okay? It's close to all the major attractions. It's right down the street from Piazza Navona, where the Navona Fountain is. It's right by the Pantheon. If you go, there's one restaurant, and I might have sent 150 people the past year alone. It's called, <laughs> it's called Osteria da Fortunata. And it just means Osteria, which is a place where you host people. Um, da Fortunata, of good luck, fortune. So they make a, a carbonata there. And listen, the best carbonara I've ever had in the United States of America is Steve Martirano, Cafe Martirano, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. How you doing? Yo, cuz, Steve. Follow Steve Martirano. His carbonara will knock his socks off. But when it comes to the best I've ever had, the carbonara at Osteria da Fortunata, I'm thinking about it right now, and I just got excited. I had to stand up and start <laughs> pacing. It's literally one of the greatest things I've ever tasted in my life. And wow. just thinking about it right now just ruined any idea of dieting this weekend. <laughs> not, not that you had a plan or anything like that already for the weekend. But I was thinking about making a salad. That's all gone. I'm done with salad. Salad's retarded. Done with that stuff. <laughs> all right, man. And the last question. Now, another thing. Like, when I followed you, I am – I don't know if you know about this. Know this about me, but I am a huge Jets fan. Huge Jets fan. Um – now, I saw that Sam Darnold follows you on Instagram. Yes, he does. Have you had any contact with Sam Darnold? I absolutely have. Wow. I'll tell you what, Sam, man. Sam Darnold is one of the coolest guys you're ever going to meet. And he's really? so humble and down-to-earth, but talented and awesome. And um, I met Sam through a good friend of mine, Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer played uh, pro ball. Everyone in Jordan's family paid. You guys know all the Palmers. Jordan has a quarterback camp, and he's by far the greatest in what he does. And all the greatest quarterbacks that we're going to see from three years ago or five years ago and forward are going to come through his camp. And so I met Sam through him. Um, they all FaceTimed when they were all at QB camp one night. And, you know, Jordan knows I'm a good time, and I know they work their asses off, so I'm sure he's like, you guys want to have a laugh? Let's call my buddy Frankie Pine. So that's how I met Sam, and he's such a cool guy. And I, I'm a Jets fan just because of him, honestly. Oh, let's go, baby. Jets fan, let's unite. Before, before him, I gave up. I'm done. I'm done with the Jets before him. <laughs> you know, we took up. I, I got into a little phase like that a, a little while ago about the Jets. I'm like, you know what? These draft picks are killing me, right? But Jamal Adams, Quinn Williams, Sam Darnold, um, and uh, the, the tackle this year, Beckton. I mean, we have a good future, but it's about what they do with the future, you know? <laughs> it's what the GM does. I don't know. I'm uh, How old are you, Savino? I'm 20. You're 20. So I'm, I'm, I'm 34, so 14 years, not the most, but those extra 14 years of losing every year 
I promise you. It's like getting <laughs> beat up every year. <laughs> so have Terrible. you made Sam Darrell any so have you made Sam Darrell any food or are you going to? I mean, if Sam is smart, which I know he is, he'll call me right up and say, Frankie Maron, Bolognese, make it, send it over here. And I'll hand deliver this, it. I'm gonna tag him in it. I'm gonna tag He'll him love in it. it. And I'll tell yeah, you what, I, I've been on a, I've talked to Connor Hughes a little bit too of the one of the Jets reporters, so I'll I'll uh, contact him to reach out to Sam too. <laughs> he um he's a good boy, man, and he's awesome and I know everybody in New Jersey, New York is so excited to have him here because it's exactly what we've been looking for. We haven't had Absolutely. a Jets quarterback like that since Vinny Testaverde, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> when we get a good QB, he laughs, I'll tell you that. When we get a good one, he laughs. What do you think, right. man? Is, is football season going to be on this year? You know what? I'm so torn. Like, I want to say yes because I, I just won my fantasy football league last year, and I'm feeling really good about this year too. So I want there to be a season. <laughs> but, you know, I just can't see – if there's a season, I can't see them having any fans in the stadium. I just can't. Um, but you never know. You really don't. Yeah, I mean – I think that's the the million-dollar question, or probably way, way more than a billion-dollar question, knowing the money that the NFL generates every year. But I think uh, people need sports for entertainment, and the first thing they need to do is they need to find a way to, I don't know, get playing, and that's it. As long as we can watch some sports, you're going to make a lot of Americans and everyone uh, worldwide happy. The Gillaroo, you know, my my roommate, Mr. Aitzer, over there, the Gillaroo. Without sports, the kid, he's going to die. I mean, there's, he's like a time bomb without sports. So, oh, yeah. you know, please, yeah. if the commissioner's listening, please open up the NFL before this guy freaking dies, all right? Yeah, hey, if the commissioner's listening, I'm going to buy you buy you dinner in the city, I'll tell you that. Hey, <laughs> <I> don't. <laughs> Love all it, right. Um, so, we're going to close this out. Um, just real quick for people that want to reach out to Frank, you see his Instagram and also uh, online. So, his Instagram is Mr. Frankie Time. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. How you doing? Then, Frankie uh, with an I-E, though, not, not Frankie, Frankie with a Y. Yes. I don't Frankie do that, shit, right? I don't do that Y shit, so I-E. Just so I'm Steven, and I don't do the PH shit, all right? So, That's it. Don't, that. <laughs> That's the old French thing. You don't do the French shit. Absolutely. Um, and then online, you can see the Frankie Show with an I-E dot com. And then uh, reach out to him and look at some of his videos. Well, other than that, thank you. Uh, thank you, Frankie, for a great time. Ah, Steve, it's awesome, man. I hope it didn't sound too bad. I've been on a roof the whole time. I've been gardening. I got my tomatoes oh, no, coming perfect, in man. beautiful. Oh, I just planted my tomatoes the other day. <laughs> Peter life, brother. Every chef's got to have his arsenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again for coming. And, uh, and next week we're going to have a great, a great uh, person coming on to the show here. So tune in next week and we'll find out. Steve, thanks thank for having me. And whoever's the next chef coming on, it's not going to be more intended than me. Just saying it right now is what it is. <laughs> thank you, Frankie. Have a great day, my man. Ciao, brother. Later.